0: For those who are here for the first time, welcome you. Um, I, you know, uh, the church, the Bible says that we are the family of God. So, the so church wasn't meant to be like a formal, you know, sterile, uh, you know, a place where you just look around and watch people, what people watch other people or what they're doing. It's a, it's a family gathering. So, 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 let's rest in this time you know it's a time for rest rest for our souls and also resting with one with, with together with our brothers and sisters uh, enjoying our time with one another and his word and our fellowship as well that's why in our church we have we, have, we share a meal after its service because the bible that's one one of the, the things they practice back then in the book of acts they always broke bread the bible talks about breaking bread and that is not just the lord's supper it's talking about sharing a meal But it's also an opportunity for us to connect, to get to know one another. Because uh, the the greatest commandments of Jesus is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love one another as you love yourself. Mm, Jesus changed that. Did you know that? (laughs) He changed that. He said, love one another as I have loved you. Meaning the love that you have for your brothers and sisters in Christ, the same way that Jesus loved us. And it's a very high standard. And so, and so through our fellowship, through knowing one another, we get to love one another. Because how can you, you know, love someone you do not know? That's why we have our life groups. And it's a way for us to get to know one another as well. So if you're not part of any of our life groups, uh, be involved with our life groups. And soon we're going to have more focus on our one-on-one Bible studies as well. So we're going to continue our study on the book of Acts in, the, on, in regards to the will of God and Paul's second missionary journey. And, and, and let's just do a, a quick review on, on the first two points that we talked about in the last two weeks. That, that, number one, the will of God is revealed. It is clear. It is obvious. The only thing, the only problem is we don't hear God, listen to him. We're not sensitive to him. And secondly, we learned that the will of God has a purpose. And and thirdly, it was it's opposed. So we're gonna talk about being opposed today. And and and, and the, how do we know the will of God? I know this is a common question among many Christians. How do I know the will of God? And if you really want to know the details, there's a study called Experiencing God. And some of you have gone through this already, and some of you have not yet. But I encourage you, if you were interested, we can maybe do something in the church during Sunday and study experiencing God here if you want to learn more about experiencing God. It's a good Bible study. It's a 12-week, supposedly 12-week Bible study. I say supposedly because it took us a year to finish that. (laughs) Uh, It's a 12-week Bible study on getting to know the will of God. And one of the things that, that material talks about is that it says that God speaks by the Holy Spirit, meaning he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, and he uses the Bible Prayer circumstance the church to reveal himself his purposes and his ways and on, on, on rare occasions and this is not common but rare occasions he uses supernatural means sometimes to dreams visions or angels and and, and the truth is some of us experience these things I know one of our brothers here has seen an angel uh, you know ministered to him and, and for me I had a few visions also that god or dreams that god spoke to me through dreams so so he does these things as well but it's a rare thing it's not common and and what you find that these things that how god uses to speak to us it's exactly what what they find in the book of acts and, and you know the holy spirit gives inner desires to people he gave inner desires to paul to do ministry you know we must listen to our inner desires or be sensitive to to what we what we sense within us because you know it could be the spirit that's speaking to us. So so especially as a believer, because you have the spirit of God in you. A second thing is God uses circumstance. You know, we need to be aware of our circumstance. Is God's doing something around me right now? Is he Pushing me in a certain direction, you know uh, the the situation of Stephen. We talk about Stephen. Stephen was was martyred and he died, and, and that circumstance caused the disciples to to be scattered. They basically scattered, them. You know, they, they were scattered all over the nation of Israel around Judea, and it was because of that circumstance, the death of Stephen. And if you remember when I was when I was in after college, I just graduated from college. And my plan, my, my, my personal plan is to stay home. I wanted to stay at my hometown in, in the Philippines, in Zamboanga. And that was my decision. Lord, I want to stay here. I want to do ministry at my own church. You know, I was already active as a youth leader in our church. And there was a seminary close by to our church, not too far from our church. I said, okay, this is my life plan. I'm just going to stay with my parents, live at my parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and serve at my parents' church. And go to the seminary nearby. That was, that's what my, that was my plan. And, and, but what happened is, is uh, you know, we had a, a major family problem that time. I, can, I could not even remember what the problem was. But it was partly financial. That I had to leave town. I have to find another job outside of town that pays better. <laughs> so that's why I ended up going to Manila. You know. That's why I ended up working in Manila. And that's why I got to know Rella. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know. My life changed in a different direction, went into a different direction, right? It was a different plan. He wanted me to go to Manila and go somewhere else, and now I'm here in the U.S. But it could have been different if I followed my own personal plan to stay at home with my parents. Now, I know some of you don't, might, might be foreign to you, <laughs> stay, living with your parents, but it was normal for, for me. Uh, another thing is God's word also is a revelation of God, how God reveals His word. To his will to us. If you remember, the very last command of Jesus before His res- before His ascension, He said, "Go preach the gospel to all creation." You know, that's a very clear mandate in regards to God's will. What is my purpose? Preach the gospel. What's your purpose? Preach the gospel. So, so, so Jesus already gave us a clear command. You, how do you know the will of God? The commands of Christ. What does the Bible command us to do? That's how we know the will of God through the Bible. Uh, another thing also is God reveals his will through the church. And, and, and if you remember, Paul and Barnabas, were, it was the church who appointed them to be missionaries. And You know, in our case, it is through the preaching of the word. The will of God might be revealed. Maybe through another believer, another Christian, God it might use someone to reveal his will to you through another person. Maybe an advice from another Christian. So, so you'll get to know the will of God. So listen to what your brothers and sisters are saying when you're asking for advice. Or listen to your wife or husband who is a believer as well. God might be using them to reveal his will. Another thing also is prayer. You know, it was during the time of prayer when God revealed, revealed Paul and, and Barnabas' uh, mission. Uh, when, they, when they, uh, uh, Yes, Paul and Barnabas, when they were about to go to their first missionary journey. And so God uses also the church. And he uses also supernatural means, which dreams, sometimes angels, just like in the case with uh, Ananias, he had a dream. Peter had a vision and an angel also uh, spoke to him when he was in prison. Uh, Paul also had a vision himself and a dream. And, uh, and Cornelius, an angel. So we, we saw these things in the book of Acts, right? God uses these things. But one of the things you'll find out is that when it comes to the will of God, there must be unity and harmony. And what I'm saying is that that when you come to know, okay, if this is the will of God for my life, I need to be sure this is the will. And how do you know how do you determine if it's really the will of God? Each of those items, the Holy Spirit, the Bible, the prayer, circumstance, the church, and sometimes maybe a supernatural means, they must all come together. They must reveal the same thing. When I pray, it tells me the same thing. When I read the Bible, it tells me the same thing. When I look at circumstances, Sometimes circumstances might be different, but, but sometimes it will agree with, with also with your situation. And the church says the same thing. Your brothers and sisters will give you the same advice. So there must be harmony. And, and, and in fact, this is really the way you're going to prove the will of God. In fact, there was a command found in Romans 12, and you're familiar, if you're familiar with this passage. In verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve God's will. His good and pleasing and perfect will. So, therefore, God has a perfect, pleasing will in his world, and you are part of that. And God is, that is also God's will for you. But you need to test and approve. And how do you test and approve? That we already talk about it. Check your circumstances. Check the desires of your heart. Check the scripture. What does other Christian believers tell you? Is there a supernatural evidence that God is leading you in this direction? When you pray, is there peace? Is there clarity when you pray? Is God revealing you more and more what is his will? I remember before the church started when God called me as a pastor. You know, we didn't, I wasn't really sure what God wanted me to do. And I, and, and I know that he wanted to be, me to become a pastor, but I, I was running away from it. I, I wasn't really inter- much interested when God called me. I said, Lord, I'm not ready. Then then one day I was walking to work, up to work from my parking space. I was working here in South Austin. It was just, you know, a normal day walking from parking lot to the office. Just halfway in the middle of the street before entering the entrance of, of our front door at our office, I just heard a loud voice. I do not know where it came from, but it told me it's the, the, what, what, what God was told me is that, Al, take comfort in knowing that you are where I want you to be. That, has, that was a very well-said statement. I could not even imagine that statement. It says, take comfort in knowing that you are where I want you to be. That statement was, I believe, was a statement from God and telling me, Al, relax. <laughs> I got you. I have a plan for you. Stay put. <laughs> Don't do anything rush because I'm going to do something to you. And then lo and behold, the church started after, a year later after that. So, so that's what we find out in in scripture that we need to test check the word of God pray about it ask other Christians. check the desires of your heart is it leading you in that same direction as well is there peace is there joy okay another thing we learned last week is that this was last Sunday the will of God has purpose and, and 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 there's only one purpose there's only one purpose I know people are are, are, are going to say, okay, what is God's will for me, O oh Lord? What is your plan for me? The plan of God for each of us is not unique. It's only, there's only one. And it is to bring the message of salvation in this world. Preach the gospel. That's the ultimate plan for, for each of us, all of us, if you are a believer in Christ. And the reason for that is this is one passage that I I would like to to read to you. It says, "I urge you, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving—meaning these are all kinds, different kinds of prayer." What Paul is saying here to Timothy, this is the Apostle Paul writing this. He said that we should do all kinds of prayer, petition, intercession. You know, if you don't know what petition is, it, petition simply means asking, asking from God. Uh, prayer is is it could be anything like. Praising, worshiping Him, or even just just praying for for um, for maybe even petition, it's also classified as prayer. But but intercession is specific; it is praying for someone else. And thanksgiving, of course, you know what thanksgiving means It's test, thanking thanking God for what He has accomplished, is done for you. Um, uh, and it says there that it should be made for all. It should be made for all people. And, And of course, we need to pray for leaders, kings, authority that will live peaceful lives and godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Why do we need to pray for all? What do we need to pray for? For all people? Because God wants all people to be saved. To come to the knowledge of the truth. Therefore, God's desire, His will, what He wants... This is what God wants. If you're going to ask me, what does God want in this world? There's only one thing he wants. main thing that he wants in this world is that for all people to be saved. For all people to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's desire. Salvation of souls. And, And... And that's the reason why we need to, as Christians, I'm talking to you believers here, if you're a believer. That's why you need to be sanctified. That's why you need to mature in Christ. That's why your character has to grow. That's why your knowledge of God has to grow. So that you'll be vessels of honor. That you'll be living letters. The Bible says that you need to be living letters for other people to read. That you need to be jars of clay where the treasure of the word of God is being taken into the world. The Bible says that you need to be a city on the hill where people are able to see your brightness. That you need to be a lamp on the lampstand that people are able to see you and see the glory of God. And the Bible says also you need to be salt of the earth to give flavor in this world. Because you are Christians, believers. You are, it is because of you that God is interested in this world. That God sees the world as, as something that's interesting and, and that's worth fighting for, worth dying for. Because they, God has people in this world. People that he wants, you know, to, be, to, to bring to himself. Because if there's no one in this world that has any hope in the eyes of God, what's the point of keeping this world, right? You know, sustaining this world. It's because there's hope. Because there are people that belong to God in this world. And as a result, once people come to know Christ through your lives, those people also in turn share the good news. They will also do the same thing you're doing. Basically, you're passing the baton. And that's the reason why we do good to others, we help others, we care for our children. That's why you have kids. That's it. Exactly. That's the reason why you have kids, that's the reason why you have families. That's the reason why you work. That's why people, why we are good to other people. Why do we have to do something good for other people? It's not just to make their lives better. That's a very limited view. We're not here to just make people's lives better. That's a very low view of life. We're not here to make people feel good. That's That's not my purpose as a pastor, to make you feel good about yourself and life. That's a very low view. The goal is to bring the message of salvation. Because let me ask you, what's the point of raising your kids, trying to help them become good people, but in the end, they're just going to go to hell? What's the point then? If they're just going to go to hell eventually? It's a waste, right? It's a waste. All the things you're going to do for your child, and in the end, they're just going to go to hell without Jesus in their lives? And that's why the first, the first responsibility of your as a parent is to share the gospel with your child. That's your first responsibility. Everything, everything else is secondary to that. Everything else is secondary. Even the, the food that they eat is even secondary to that. That they will grow up believing in Him, knowing Him. And the question you need to ask yourself is. Whatever I do, will, am I hindering the kingdom of God or am I advancing the kingdom of God? Am I allowing God to move forward in his agenda or am I hindering him? And if you, in the book of Acts, we read, we, we don't have to go through this passage. But this is what happened with Apostle Paul and Silas. So, so, so just to review what happened is when God called them to do the second mission, the second missionary journey, they started in Antioch here. And they went to a place, a place. This place is called in Derby and Lystra, and that's where Paul and, and Silas met Timothy. And now Timothy was added to their team. So now you got Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And 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 then what happened? We learned last week was Paul was trying to reach out to all these places here, but God was preventing them. They were trying to to went up north to Thynia and and the, and all these places here, but. But something was not right. They were not fruitful. They were not successful. And God somehow was preventing them. You know, looking at this picture, this place here called Asia Minor, back then, today it's Turkey. It's the, it's the country of Turkey. This needs the gospel. They need to hear the gospel. But why is God preventing the Apostle Paul? You know, eventually this place, eventually the gospel was able to enter this area. That's why you have places like Colossae, Colossae, I think that's how you pronounce it. Then there's Ephesus, then there's Galatia. These are the places that Paul wrote letters eventually called the letter to Galatians, the letter to the Colossians, and the letter to Ephesus. Those are the places later on he wrote letters. But, but at this time, even though it's God's will to reach that entire area, it was not the right time. It was not the perfect time, so what 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 God did is it, he pushed allowed Paul and his team to push to Troas until they reached this place here and and he met another person here, joined their team. His name is who was the fourth person in their team? No, it was Luke Luke so Luke joined here so now and from Troas they crossed the GNC, they reached. The, the port city of Neapolis, then they finally reach Philippi. So we were now in Philippi at this point in time. And and, and 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 they reached this major city in Macedonia because it was a big city. It's like I would say compared today, it's like the it's like the Houston of of Macedonia. it was the biggest, biggest city in Macedonia. And and so Paul um and Barn and, and Silas, Timothy and Luke They started preaching the gospel there, and they met a lady named Lydia, and they shared the gospel to this lady, and she became a believer in Christ, and her family became a believer in Christ, and Lydia and her family became the very first uh, members of the church of Philippi, which eventually we call the church of Philippians, and and so this is where we are now. Just imagine... There's a lot of potential in Asia Minor. You know, if I were Paul then, Lord, there's a lot of opportunities here, Lord. Why are you not letting me do this? Why are you preventing me from doing this, Lord? Why, why, why? But what, what we find out is that God had a different plan. Instead of reaching maybe to millions of people, his plan was only to reach a girl, a young girl, and her family. Just think about that. Imagine. Going through all that, going to that one city there called Philippi, just reach out to this one girl, share the gospel with her, and her family became believers. You know, this is true for our lives also. Sometimes we know this is the will of God. You know, you have this desire in your heart. You say, Lord, I know this is what you want for my life. This is your purpose for my life. But, Lord, why is it that nothing is happening, Lord? Why is it that I feel that that you're not listening to my prayers, Lord God? I know that this is something you want for me. This is something that I know will bring good for your kingdom, will bring good to myself and to my family, Lord. But, Lord, why is it that as if you're not there and you're not helping me accomplish this, Lord? I don't know if you're going through these kinds of things. I'm going through these kinds of things all the time. Maybe it is God's will. Maybe it's God's desire for you, but maybe it's not the right time. Maybe it's not the right time. And what do you need to do in the meantime? Do the things that God revealed to you the last, <laughs> the last revelation of God. Meaning, meaning whatever you already know that you need to do right now, keep on doing. Meaning keep on praying. Keep on asking God for guidance. Do what you know that God has been telling you to do. But for the things that you don't know yet, just just wait. Just wait. Maybe it's not time. Maybe it's something in the future. But keep on trusting God. Don't give up. And eventually it will come to reality. And so the last part of our message, we're going to finish here, is the will of God. So by the way, the end game there, the end purpose is to share the gospel with Lydia and his family. So, so the purpose is the salvation of souls, the sharing of the gospel and the salvation of souls. That's our purpose of God's will. People will be saved. that's a purpose. And lastly, the will of God is a pose is a pose. Okay, let's just read it here. so Here's the truth. Even if you're right in the middle, in the center of the will of God, if you think that you are doing exactly what God wants you to do, there's still going to be problems. There's going to be problems. In fact, your problems when you're right in the middle of God's will is probably even greater than the problems when you're outside of the will of God. You're going to go through difficulties. You're gonna go through difficulties, and, and we're gonna read this situation now. So now Paul and Barnabas they already shared the gospel with Lydia, and now they were, uh, you know, ministering to more people, planning to minister, planning to reach out to more people in Philippi, and so they went back to that place of prayer. You remember, they were going to this river uh, and 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 meet with people and pray. So they went back to that place of prayer, verse 16. And let's read this uh, just. Uh, let me read this to you so that you'll know the story here from 16 to verse 40 so they they were going to the place of prayer and they and they met so in going back there they met a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future she she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling so there was this girl who was who had a spirit of divination is able to you know predict the future and 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 she followed Paul. This girl followed Paul and, and, and Silas uh, and shouting, This men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. So this girl was somehow promoting the apostle Paul and Silas, their ministry. So she was she was on the surface. Oh, this is a good girl. She is trying to support us, trying to promote our ministry. Then she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed. And he turned around and said to the spirit, "Talk to the girl and said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. Because that girl was controlled by a demonic spirit. So that kind of promotion the girl was doing, it was actually a demon who was doing that. It was an evil spirit inside that girl. At that moment, the spirit left her, so the girl was healed. You know, we should be happy, right? The girl is healed. She's not possessed by a demon anymore. That's why, for you, I don't, I not only discourage you, I don't want you to go to places where there's palm reading, fortune telling, because you're actually talking to demons whenever you do that. You're not actually talking to a person, you are talking to an evil, evil spirit. And so, don't play around with those things, those Ouija, Ouija board, or, you know, there's a lot of things right now that's going on in the world. It looks innocent. There's a lot of witchcraft books in Barnes & Novel. There's a lot of witchcraft kind of things all over the place. There's book people. There's a lot of witchcraft stuff in book, book people as well. And, and, and bookstores, those are not games. Those are not toys. Even Harry Potter, you think it's an, it's an innocent movie? Those are not innocent movies. It's laced with demonic activity and work. And 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 you don't want to be influenced by that. And the problem with demonic influence, it's so subtle that you're not even aware that he's already influenced. Satan is already influencing you, influencing you. And it's well, we don't want to be involved with those things. That's why you run away from these things. Just like this girl here, she was sort of promoting Paul and and Silas, but in reality, if she was not. She was annoying. And so people here should be happy. This was a slave girl, so she has a master. She has an owner. And, and, and so by the way, uh, slavery was very common back then. Most of the Roman Empire was slaves. There were lots of slaves in the Roman Empire back then. Uh, and and so, so in verse 19, when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone... They cannot make money off this girl anymore because the demon has left the girl. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them to the marketplace to face the authorities, the magistrates of the city. They were angry because they lost their source of income. And they brought them before the magistrates and they made up fake news against Paul, fake stories against them. These men are Jews and they're throwing the city into an uproar. What? (laughs) Paul and Silas saying, saying, we were just going to the river to pray. And now you're telling us that we're causing trouble in the city? So this, man, this leaders, this, this business people, they were accusing them of false accusations. Uh, and, and, and by advocating customs unlawful to Romans to accept or practice. So he's saying, you know, this guy, these people, they were causing us confusion. They're, they're telling us to do things that's unlawful to us Romans. Uh, Of course, there were mostly Romans there. And the crowd joined and attacked Paul and Silas. The magistrates ordered them to be stripped, beaten with rods. So so they were stripped down, removed their outer garment, and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison without trial. And the jailer commanded commanded to guard them uh, carefully was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, fastened their feet in the stalks. I'll, I'll show you what a stock later on is, what it looks like. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. So in the midst of all this problem and situation, they were in the inner cell of prison. It was dark, and they were just beaten, hurting. It was a bad situation, but you know what they were doing? right about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing <laughs> and they were worshiping God now you understand why we Christians we sing a lot <laughs> yeah because the early church they sang a lot even Jesus sang have you did you know that Jesus s- sings as well there's a verse in the bible that talks about it he sings and, and so other prisoners were listening to them so while they were singing and this they were on the stocks and they were singing and worshiping God people were listening And you know what happened? While they were worshiping God, suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison was shaken. At once, the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. This was not an ordinary earthquake because the building was not destroyed. But how come the earthquake only opened the gates of the doors and removed the, the chains from their hands and feet? So this was not an ordinary earthquake. This was God doing a miracle here, releasing Paul and, and Silas and the prisoners. And so the change just came up. This is I'm not. This is not fairy tale. By the way, this really happened. And there are many things like this in the Book of Acts. Then the jailer woke up. And he saw the prison doors were open. He thought that the people, the, the, the prisoners escaped. So what he did is he, he tried to kill himself because they're going to kill him if, if, if the magistrates found out that the prisoners escaped. They're going to kill the jailer, right? So he just sort of tried to commit suicide here. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisoner escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We, all, we are all here. So Paul and, and Silas they didn't, they didn't run away. And all the prisoners actually didn't run away. Then the jailer called out for lights and, and rushed in and, and fell trembling before Paul and, and Silas. He was so scared because of the earthquake and whatever was going on. Then brought them out and asked, Sirs, in his fear, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Amen. Wow. That's the only message of salvation, right? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, bam, you will be saved. That's it. Nothing more than that. Then what happened? They spoke the word of the Lord to him and the others in, hell, in his house. So basically what the jailer did here, he brought Paul and Silas to his house. He shared the gospel. He already shared the gospel with the jailer. He also, Paul also shared the gospel with his family, His household, then they all accepted Christ. Then at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his household were baptized that very night. Wow. A miracle just happened here. The family of the jailer got saved. Now we got the second member now of the Philippian church. (laughs) You got Lydia and now you got the jailer and his family. And so the jailer brought them into his house and, and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God and, he, and the whole house and his whole household. And, and, and when it was daylight, the magistrate sent, the, sent officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. So Paul and Silas, they were the, the leaders of the city, agreed to release them already. Uh, Paul is not easy to deal with here, he said. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. Mm, not yet. <laughs> Paul said to the officers, they beat us up publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens. Uh-oh, that's a problem because Roman citizens, they have higher rights in their culture back then. They have special rights compared to any, any other citizen back then. And, they, and he said, they threw us into prison. And now, do they want to to get rid of us quietly? No. Let us come. Let let them come themselves and escort us out. And so the officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They were afraid. And, And so they came and appeased them, escorted them from prison, requesting them to leave the city. And Paul and Silas came back, came out of the prison, and they went to Lydia's house. They had fellowship there. They had meals there, enjoyed time together. And they were met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them, and they left. So, so this is the <laughs> situation there in Philippi. And very interesting situation, right? Amen? Uh, and, 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 and so what can we learn from this? What we can we learn from this in closing? I want to. Sh- I want to show three things. You know, three things. Uh, let Let me start. Begin with the statement first. Oh no, okay. Mm, show me. Okay, why are you not working? Okay. So first thing that we need to know when it comes to God's will, you will be opposed, and opposition is a reality. It's a reality. You're going to be opposed. There are blank spaces in your program. You can answer those there. I just put blank there. The first two blanks in the program is, by the way, it's going to be, I'm going to show later. But this is number one in the, prog- in the three items there. Opposition is a reality. And so, so whenever there's an opposition, in, as you serve God, as you do the will of God, its purpose is to cause discouragement. Hinder you. You know, an opposition, just like what we've seen in the story of Paul and Silas, it comes from Satan himself. It comes from Satan and it comes from his minions, his demons. And Satan, he will use lies. He will use your weaknesses. He will take advantage of your weaknesses and sin. He He will use other people, just like what happened here. He will use circumstances to oppose you. You know, Satan's strategy, he uses this, kinds of stra- this kind of strategy. We, we actually uh, saw this in Paul's situation. He will use false alliance or persecution. False alliance, you know, he will, he will use false friend- friendship or bring about an open war against you. So, so the first one talks about false friendship, false support, while the other one talks about open war or going to try to go against you openly. So false alliance and persecution. So let me talk a little bit about false alliance. Satan will use people who will somehow show some kind of support for you. But in their heart, they want to tear you down. On the surface, they will say good things about you. You know, they will try to, I remember when we were, we were uh starting a church with our, our pastor. I was in college then and our pastor was starting a church in the city. And 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 um uh, and there was this girl who came to our church and she was very supportive of our church. And and, and we uh we 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 sort of you know, brought them her in Be, because she became part of the church family. We we were very happy that she she was very active in the church. But but later we found out that We were still in college back then, so this was in the school, in the campus. She was bad-mouthing our church in our campus, saying bad things against our church to other people. But she was active in our church. She was involved. But how come outside saying bad things against our church? Sort of a false alliance. Then later we found out that she was part of a group. I'm trying to remember the name of a group, but it was a group involved in witchcraft. I think it was called Black Shadow, and, and they were involved in witchcraft. And, and so what happened during one of our, summer, during our sem- semestral break, I, I, uh, uh, I, was, I was going around the dormitory because I don't know what was my job back then, but I was checking if there were still people in the dorm because we were about to close the dormitory, and I, and, 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 and I was checking if someone is still there, you know, and I found her in the dorm. And she was not able to go home, and I told her, hey, come to our pastor's house. So me and a couple of men in our church and our pastor, we ended up going to his house, and the girl just joined us. And in the evening while we were praying, well, evening while evening we were praying, this girl was somehow, you know, shaking and moving around, and we were all wondering how come this girl is so uneasy while we were praying. Eventually, she just dropped on the floor, and she started doing weird stuff on the floor, and, and we started praying for her. And something came out of her and she was healed and it's sort of similar to what happened to this girl she was there was an evil spirit working in this girl and she was healed it was uh, there's so much details I, I cannot mention but 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 it was a very very dramatic situation very scary situation but but praise God she was delivered and so 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 there was false alliance in my in that experience and there was there was in the same way with paul there was false alliance there was this girl possessed by a by a demon and trying but but and she was trying to promote paul and silas but her intention was to hinder paul and silas she was an annoyance she was a distraction her purpose was to derail paul and silas and and and, and so if and and there are people in your life like that they seem to show support for you they seem to show say good things In front of you, but in behind the scenes, their desire is to tear you down. And we need to be watchful of those kinds of people. Because even in the church, there can be people like that. That's why in the Bible we are warned of false teachers, false apostles. Because there are people like that who can tear you down without your knowledge. They're just trying to, you know, know, flatter you or things like that. Now, if Satan is not able to destroy you with false alliance, the other thing he can do is he's going to use persecution. Again. Persecution. He's going to do an all-out war against you. Just like what happened to Paul and Silas. The, the, girl, the, 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 the girl who was possessed by a demon was not able to overcome them, so that was dealt with, right? And now Satan had a different strategy. He used the master's of that girl, to, 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 to come up with false accusations. Eventually, Paul and Silas were in prison. And the, and the ministry was hindered. Although, although Paul and Silas was able to win Lydia, they were able to win uh, the jailer and his family, but the result of this, they had to leave Philippi. They had to get out. In a way, Satan was still, in a way, successful here in stopping them. Because they could have stayed in Philippi for for a while to 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 minister to those new converts. But of course, that's all. part. God is still able to use this situation. Amen. Eventually, there were more believers in Philippi, maybe through through Lydia and, and 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 the jailer, you know. But but Satan did everything he can to kick out. You know, Paul and Silas out of the city of, of, of Philippi. Now, let me explain. Let me show you why is it, why is it for us Christians, why is it so difficult to pray and share the gospel? There are two activities in the Christian life that's very hard to do. Hardest thing to do as a Christian. Did you know that the, one of the hardest things is prayer and sharing the gospel? Going to church on a Sunday, is it hard? No, not e- not, that's easy. Uh, reading the Bible, yeah, relatively hard. But generally, it's you can read the Bible easily. Um, um, you know, um, fellowship, oh, very easy. <laughs> very easy. But why is it so hard when it comes to prayer and sharing the Word of God? Why is it? Because it is in prayer and sharing the gospel, that you are actually advancing the battlefront of God. You're actually expanding. It's, it's the, where the rubber meets the road. In the, in expanding the kingdom of God, you are actually gaining new grounds for God. You're gaining new territories for God. You're gaining new lives for God when you pray, when you share the gospel. You're actually conquering for God. If you go to... to Countries like China or, or or Middle East countries where the church there, where Christians are being suppressed. China, for instance, the churches there are being suppressed. So that's why many churches are going underground. In in Iran, in Iraq, churches are going underground because they're being suppressed. And and, and prevent the government does not, you know, give freedom to Christians. But there are churches there that are that are sanctioned by the government. They're being allowed by the government to exist, like in China. They're being, they're just going to, the government just allows them to be there. But there's one thing that they don't want them to do, to win converts. Yes, you can meet as a church like this. Every Sunday, you're going to be good. Government is not going to have any problem with you. Pray, worship, whatever. But when you begin to bring people to the church, that's a problem. They don't want that. And this is not true for China. This is true for every country that opposes Christianity. Did you know that it's only the Bible that's being <laughs> opposed in all these countries? That's why there's something about the Bible. There's something about the Bible. Why is it that this is being hated by many countries? They don't hate Alice, the one, Alice, the one, Alice, in Wonderland books. They don't hate, you know, Peter Pan stories. They don't hate those books like that. But how come people hate the Bible? There's something about the Bible. Why countries are afraid of this. Entire countries. So, persecution or false alliance. Watch out for these things in your life. So, the first thing, we are going to be opposed but what's amazing about being in the center of the will of God is that even though you're going to be opposed, you're going to have peace and joy. You're going to have peace and joy. And this is what we find in the, in the life of Paul and Silas. Even in the midst of their trial, they were able to sing and worship God. They were able to sing and worship God. I want you to imagine this picture of, of a storm, right? And and you know being in the center of the will of God is being right in the middle of that eye. You know if you look at this uh, image of this image, you know when you're in the in, inside that 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 area, the surrounding area, it's gonna be rough, really rough. But when you're right in the middle in that eye, it's calm. You know, it's calm and and the sun is shining, and it's peaceful. You know, it's similar to what we experience in the middle of the will of God. Even though there's so much opposition, there's so much trials, trouble that's going on in your life. But if you're right in the center of the will of God, you can be at peace. You can just rest. And I think one of the sources of our stress and worry in this world is, because, is, is that we don't really depend on Christ uh, as much as we should. We rely a lot on ourselves, and that's the source of our stress. Like for me as a pastor, there's so much I can be stressed about in this church. People in this church, no one specific, (laughs) uh, or or, or things that we do as a church, it can be a source of stress for me. But you know, the Lord just reminded me just this weekend, I said, Al, I am the head of the church, I own the church, just do your best in what you are responsible for, and I'll take care of everything else. You know, my responsibility is to preach the word. Now, whether you understand what I'm saying, that's not my problem. <laughs> whether you believe what I'm saying, I, I let God figure it out. <laughs> whether you're going to do what, what I'm going to say, mm, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's up to you and God. But that's my point, right? I, could not be, I should not be stressed in, 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 in saying, okay, did they understand what I'm saying? Was my English good? Did I choose the right words? I'm just going to do my best because that's the only thing I know what to do. Like, I, I have my limits, right? And Lord, uh, take, take it the rest of the way. <laughs> just take care of it. And, and it's true for anything else in your life. It's true. If there's something you cannot handle, then just, you know, Lord, I'm at the end of my rope. Take care of the rest of the way, Lord. I can, this is only what I can do, Lord. This is the only limit. This is my limit. I can only do so much, Lord. And Lord, but the rest, you take care of it, Lord. I'm going to try to do my best here, what you called me to do. Take care of the rest. So, You know, once you begin to think like that, I think it will remove a lot of stress in your life. Amen? That so, you know that someone's got your back? Isn't that amazing to know that someone is there taking care of you? Uh, if you cannot handle it anymore, Lord, your turn. <laughs> or you take care of the rest of the way. That's why we should not lose hope, lose heart. And we should be like like Paul and Silas in the, in the midst, in our deepest struggle. At the bottom of, you know, when you're now at the bottom part of your problem you sing and worship God. <laughs> Amen? Sometimes in the morning, I don't know how to pray. Sometimes when I wake up, I want to do my devotion, and I want to read the Bible, but I have a hard time doing it. Instead of just trying my best to read the Bible or pray, I will just sit down on my piano and start singing and worshiping God. And it changes a lot. It changes my heart. You know, there are times you cannot pray. There are times you cannot read the Bible. Then, then, or sometimes you don't even know what to do. Then maybe the best thing to do at that very moment is just to worship God, because you know God will might open will open your heart and mind. And lastly, lastly, okay, just to give you a perspective, back then, this is one of the prisons during the Roman times. It was this is not exactly the same kind of prison. Marvin and I talked about this. I think last Friday, right, the other Friday, and 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 uh, Paul's prison. That he where he was in it was not exactly like this, but this was the prison that Paul was put into before he was martyred, before he was killed. He was killed. Basically, it was just a ho- a, a hole in the ground, and there's a small hole, and people are put inside there. There's no restroom there. There's, and it's just a small hole. And imagine the heat, the, the stench. These were the kinds of situation prisoners experienced back then. Look at the prisons we have today. This is like hotels compared to the prisons back then. And this is what I, I, I could not find a good picture, but of course this is, uh, I think this is open license. I got it from Wikipedia, so I'm sorry that's a bad picture. But, but it's some, something similar to this. Sto- the stocks that we we're talking about, they were in this dark prison cell and they were put into this. And they were also in chains. Paul and Silas. Imagine they were in this situation. And what they were do, what were they doing? They were praising, worshiping God. Amen. Even in the most difficult, difficult situation. Think about the wounds at their back. They were already beaten. And they probably didn't have anything to wear as well. They were cold. But they praise and worship God. And I think this is an encouragement for us that even in your most difficult situation. This encourages us to worship God because eventually God will pull through and will show a miracle. He will cause an earthquake. He will cause an earthquake, amen? Just like what happened to Paul and Silas. An earthquake? <clears throat> this is my answer to you, Paul and Silas an earthquake. Amen, that's really good. Lastly, God is glorified, and God is glorified through the miracles. The people saw God's work, God's power. Uh, the jailer saw God's power uh, through the earthquake. The jailer woke up and he saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners escaped. Because of the earthquake, he was, he was just sh- sh- he was shaken and he was scared. And, 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 but Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. And the jailer called lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. This was the jailer falling down. Before the prisoners, imagine that situation. And he he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And, And Paul replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Let us pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the inspiration that comes through the life of the Apostle Paul, Lord God, and Silas, Lord, and Timothy, and Luke, Lord. Lord, help us, Lord, to, to see our own lives. That so we too, Lord God, are going through times, that similar experiences that are going through, Lord God. That there are times we are uncertain of your will, oh God. We don't know what we're supposed to do, Lord God. We are confused, oh God. And Lord, we don't know your purpose. And Lord, even our heart feels empty, Lord. But Lord, help us to do what is right. That we will not run away from you, Lord, but in fact, draw near to you, Lord God. And, and, and ask for your wisdom, ask for your guidance, that we will not give up asking until you give us a clear answer, Lord. So, Lord, give us that heart of perseverance, Lord, heart that, that, that longs to seek for your will and your purpose. And once your will is, is clear, we have the heart to obey, O oh God. And just like Paul and Silas, Lord, they, they they continued to walk through Asia Minor and until they reached the city of, of Philippi, Lord God. And, and Lord, and that's where they found out that this was your perfect, pleasing will for them. And Lord, help us to find that, Lord God, to be, that we'll be able to see clearly what your will, what your purpose is for our life, Lord. And I know it's something that's already there. Lord, we're just sometimes blinded by sin, Lord God, blinded by the things of the world. So open our eyes, O God, to see your will, to see what you're doing around us and through us, O God, and in this world, Lord, and we'll join you, Lord, in what you're doing. Lord, when we're going through, Lord God, Similar trials like Paul and Silas, oh God, help us to rejoice, oh God. That we will not be like the Egyptians, Lord God, who complained, who grumbled against you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be, to be patient and, 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 and has a heart of reverence towards you, Lord, respect towards you. That we will not blame you, Lord God. We will not criticize you, Lord God. But we will learn to trust you, Lord God, and depend on you and say, Lord... We know that you're working things out on my behalf, that you were doing things, So, God, around me, Lord. Help me to trust you, Lord. Help me to depend on you, Lord. Lord, forgive me that my heart is easy, Lord God, angered. I easily lose patience, Lord. Oh, Lord God, help me to trust you, to rest in you, Lord help me to trust you that you will take care of things on my behalf, Lord. Jesus said that that, that, that we should not worry, that worry will not add a single day, uh, will not add an extra day in our life. You know, the birds of the air, they don't toil or spin. They don't worry, but God provides for what they need. How much more for us, Lord God? Oh, Lord, help me as well to not be stressed or worried about Circumstances beyond my ability to handle, Lord. Circumstances beyond my control, O oh God. Lord, help me to just rest in you that, that I will do my best in what I know I need to do. My responsibilities, Lord. And same for all of us, Lord. Whatever we are responsible for, whatever we know what, we, what we're supposed to do, that we are supposed to do, help us to do good in those things, Lord. But in things that's outside of our control, maybe the weather, maybe someone in our family that we could not really deal with. Or maybe something at work that's something that's beyond our ability to to deal with. Lord God, help us to depend on you, to cry out to you in prayer. And let you work things out on our behalf, Lord. If there's someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, if they have not yet believed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord God, that you draw their hearts to you and that they will cry out to you and say, Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you as my personal Lord and Savior. That's all what Jesus is asking you, to trust him as your personal Lord and Savior. If you have not trusted him yet, surrender your life to him. Because without Christ, you will be lost for all eternity. You will be lost for all eternity. You are without hope whether in this life or in the next. But the Bible promises us, Jesus promises us, that that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. In Christ, there is hope. There is eternal life. And life does not end in the grave. It goes on for eternity. So Lord, thank you. Bless our time together as we fellowship. Teach us to love one another all the more, Lord. And for those who are here for the first time, Lord, I pray that you grant them, Lord, the wisdom to understand this message. I pray that you, your spirit will resonate, will speak to their hearts, oh God, and reveal more things than what I've said, Lord. Whatever problems they're going through, Lord God, grant them understanding to deal with those problems. And may they draw near to you, Lord. And may their experience today, Lord God, Lord, Allow them to grow a step higher in their knowledge of you, Lord, in their faith in you. That they will, if they don't know Christ, they will come to know Christ as the Lord and Savior. If they they are believers, that they will grow a step higher in their faith and love for you, Lord. And Lord, for those who are online listening, I also ask your blessing, Lord. Grant them your joy and your peace. And may this word encourage them, Lord. And I pray for the rest of us here, Lord God. Help us to grow more in our love for you, in our character, our faith in you, Lord. That we'll be vessels of honor, Lord. That, Lord, this church will be a city on the hill, a light lamp on the lampstand, Lord. where other people can see, Lord God, and glorify you, Lord. That our lives will bring glory to you. Thank you for the meal we're going to share. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.